Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Paccio, joined by my good buddy, Brett and Eckersley, to help you guys break down this, wow, Friday. It's already Friday, Brett. Friday, September 11th slate. Uh, two games on the docket. It should be a good one. It's going to be one of these last two uh, two game single slates that we'll have uh, outside. You know, DK will still do two day uh, two game slates. I mean, um, but they'll usually do them over the two nights because we, the series is winding down, man. My friend, we are almost we are almost there. We're getting, uh, there. We're getting closer and closer. So, uh, you know, more importantly, let me ask you how you're doing, my good friend. Yeah, doing good. Uh, what is it? Uh, Friday morning over here. Beautiful sunny day in Adelaide. Uh, getting up to about twenty-five degrees Celsius for us, which is uh, yeah, beautiful day. I'll uh, do this pod and and do a bit of work and then maybe go for a walk. So, I believe you guys are getting good weather over there in Connecticut too. Uh, it was raining a little bit, but you know what? Uh, outside of the humidity, it's like that weird that weird part of the year where if you get any rainfall right now, uh, it just turns into instant humidity. Uh, but I'll take it over snow. We're probably about a month <laughs> out from starting to see snow. So yeah, give me the give me the rain every day. I'd rather step in a puddle than step in a big pile of snow. Um, actually, no, I, I'll take that back. Give me the give me the pile of the snow. It's just driving, and that stuff's brutal. And I'm on the road an awful lot, but. All right, man. Well, that's good. You got a nice little uh, event planned, a nice little walk. Uh, I should take more walks, man. I don't take enough walks. I'm lazy. I, I sit in front of a computer a lot. Good for you, man. Good for mental health. Good for just general well-being. And I do, uh, you know, I do, uh, listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm out there, but do some of my best thinking out there as well. So, yeah, I'll get out there and burn eight or nine Ks a day. So, Ooh, look at you, man. Yeah. Nice, dude. I mean, you're better, better man than me. I have ADHD, so you think I, you know, I'm, I'm very active. Usually, it's like mentally, I'm always like constantly thinking of something. Like, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. I, I was always the active kid playing uh, sports and running around, uh, burning energy. Never had to, like an off switch. And then now it's, you know, the, the curse is when you wake up at, you know, five thirty in the morning and you can't fall back asleep because your brain just kicks on, oh. uh, and you just start constantly thinking about everything. So. Nonetheless, uh, we're going to just jump right into this. I just want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsors, MyBookie. Uh, if you guys have not already checked them out, they were practically giving money away with this Chiefs game. Uh, I say tonight because it is the night before that we're recording this. So check out MyBookie. Go use that promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. They will give you 100% deposit match. Uh, free money, guys. I mean, take advantage of it. This site is awesome if you guys haven't already. If you're playing your games elsewhere, I recommend just giving it a shot. At least you know get that deposit match. Pull it out when you're done. Uh, and just enjoy it, man. It's it's a it's it's a sweet sight. And I also want to just uh, you know give a quick shout out for remembrance. It is uh, September 11th, so uh, you know I 
here over in the states we all remember that you know tragic and fateful day that did happen uh i believe when it did happen i was in fifth grade so i was i was young um but uh we were remiss to, to not mention and not bring it up and you know offer our uh you know condolences to those who lost people to say thank you to the first responders and everybody else too uh, but we're going to jump right into this uh, on the uh, on the negative note to the positive and start off with this first game, man. We have yep. the 6.30 Eastern time game, Denver Nuggets uh, going against the Los Angeles Clippers. As far as injury news is concerned in this one, the only thing that we need to monitor, which we don't, is Will Barton is out still. Um, they he mentioned, I think it was like last week, that he's not ruling himself out of this uh, out of the out of playoffs, but then he left the bubble. So I don't know what that means. Um, but he is out, and then nobody really to be concerned about right now on the Clippers. They look right and rearing and ready to go. So I'll pass it over to you. We'll start off with this Denver Nuggets team. Uh, why don't you give me a couple guys that you're interested in? Yeah, cool. So the the obvious one straight off the top is Nikola Jokic, uh, 10K on DK, uh, which is where we generally look at pricing here. He's just carrying this team on his back now. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray's having his problems. He's still doing pretty well uh, as far as fantasy points go, but uh, it, it's all Nicola now. It's, uh, you know, the, some peripheral guys, but uh, yeah, with with the Clippers throwing so many different options defensively at Jamal Murray, it's basically all coming down to what Nicola can do, and uh, 10K is one of the higher-priced guys on the slate, but you definitely have to have a look at him. You'll probably be pivoting between him and a couple of other guys that we'll get to, but uh, yeah, for me, it's just it's just 10K Nicola, no problems. He, he'll get to that value and, and potentially smash right through it yeah i'm with you i'm still going to continue to play jokic over murray uh just seems like the right option i mean now there's a little bit more of a gap than there was at the beginning of the series and murray was priced up jokic was a little priced down uh, but this is where jokic should be right around that 10k mark uh you know he's gonna get big minutes they need him that he's the best chance that they have on offense murray doesn't have the same matchup that he had in utah uh, and, you know, we heard it. We heard Marco Porter Jr. even say it in the press conference. Uh, this team needs to score. Uh, they're struggling to score the basketball. So I expect this offense to just continue to flow through Jokic. Uh, and he gets it done in so many different ways. But what about some of these uh, ancillary guys? You know, I just brought up Michael Porter Jr. Shout out Santino. <laughs> Uh, you know, he was talking about it on that last show. He said he was fully expecting him to play more than 30 minutes, and he absolutely did. Uh, he didn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter, and that's kind of what he was talking about in the press conference. But do you think this is a squeaky wheel gets to the oil kind of situation, or do you think, uh, you know, Malone might throw him in the doghouse a little bit? Man, it's a really interesting one to hear a, a young guy come out and and kind of voice his opinion on not 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 getting the ball as much as he would have liked. Like, come on, rookie, you, you're a young guy, and and there are other guys on this team that are absolutely going to get the ball before you. But in the same respect, you know, we all know Denver needs scoring at the moment, and if Murray's being held by the other uh, guards uh, or the Clips uh, small forwards and guards, then someone has to shoot the ball uh you know gary harris has been doing that a little bit and and yeah <laughs> who knows here mike it could go either way it could be a doghouse situation where mike malone just says uh yeah youngster that's enough of that and we just play your lower minutes and you probably just learn a lesson here or he does get the ball more I, i'm flipping you know every hour between what could happen here potentially you know the Clippers, uh, sorry, the, the Nuggets just need to win here. So I, I don't see them holding back MPJ too much. It, there is a chance that he's in the doghouse, but at 5,200, you just got to take the stab. He's been scoring well. He's been 
they're hitting that value in DK points for the last two or three games. And there's not much value on the board here outside of a guy at 5,200 who can score in bunches. So, yeah, I'll definitely be throwing him, him in lineups just with the caveat that, yeah, it wasn't the smartest thing for a young guy to say. <laughs> yeah, well, so. we'll chalk it up to young and dumb. Uh, I yep. think that's what it comes down to. Was he wrong? No, nope. I don't think anybody disagrees. I think everybody nope. that's been watching this game, me and Santino were talking about it on the last show, they need offense. That's why we like Porter Jr. He, he they're, They need his offense. Uh, but the way he went about it, I think a lot of players and everybody else kind of agrees, probably not the best way to do it, especially in a playoff situation in a scenario. You're in a bubble. Uh, you know what I mean? So word travels fast, let alone when you go on a uh, national television and you kind of tell you, uh, your coach that you know, you're not getting the ball enough. But they need him regardless. At 5200 still a great price tag for him. I was fine with playing him at that price tag if he was playing 24, 25, or 26 minutes uh, just because we know he needs to score, uh, let alone the fact that we just saw 34. So I think on the downside of things, you're seeing that 24-minute mark. On the, on the high side, you're seeing over 30. Either way, sign me up. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is probably going to be one of my favorite plays on this slate. Uh, and you know, you'll never hear me give Santino too much credit. Uh, so I do, I, I had to get that out of the way. That was a great call by him. He hit the, he hit the minutes right on the head, uh, almost to a T with that one. So, all right, well, Brent, we'll, we'll continue to some of these ancillary pieces. Uh, you know, Grant Millsap Harris, I think are the other guys that people tend to look at uh, a little bit of Monte Morris here and there. So out of those, you know, three, I guess you could say four guys, uh, any of them pop out to you? Uh, look. Probably the first three you mentioned, Harris, Grant, um, and Millsap. I'm probably favoring Harris a little bit more, just uh, slightly lower salary, and, and you know, he's getting his shots up. And, of course, he's great defensively, so he does pick up those defensive stats. So I don't have any problem playing Gary Harris in this one. Interestingly, Millsap, uh, when uh, Porter Jr.'s minutes went up, his went way down. He played 14 last game, and that's that's hard to stomach. But 4700 still a decent price for Millsap um, if, he gets, if he gets on a roll. So... Um, I'd probably put them in order of, I don't know, Harris, Grant. Uh, Grant's still playing big minutes. So even with Porter Jr.'s minutes way up in the last one, uh, Jerami Grant, as Santino would say. Sorry <laughs> so sorry about that, Santino. I did listen to the last pod. Brutal, man. <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> made me laugh. Sorry, man. Uh, Jeremy Grant is still in play for me. Absolutely, 4,900. Uh, you know, he had he had basically zero, zero peripheral stats in the last one and only scored seven actual points, and that is just not Grant. So we can expect a, a much better score there. Um, yeah, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same. I think if I had to put them in order, it would be Grant, uh, Harris, and then Millsap. I don't. I yep. think I'm off that Millsap train. Just yep. has a lot of Marcus All type feel and shade to it right now. We're struggling in the matchup. Clearly, this guy's letting you know age is age is getting to him. Uh, they have a lot of young, fast, quick defensive options. Doesn't really match up that well. Um, you know, I thought I thought he was going to get extra minutes with this Morris matchup, but they're just cooking him. <laughs> so uh, I'll probably I'll probably end up passing on Millsap. I'll be I'll be definitely having some shares though of uh, of Grant and maybe a little bit of Harris as well. And that's that's probably it for me for Denver. Uh, do you have anybody else you want to talk about? Are you ready to slide over? Oh, look, only if there's a blowout coming, and and there is potential of that, but too hard to predict. You know, uh, no, probably no one else. All right, brother. Uh, let's slide over then. We'll start looking at these Clippers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, 
So let's just talk about him, man. I mean, we don't need to spend too much time. It's Kawhi Leonard. We know what he's capable of. We just saw him drop 70. I'll continue to play him, and I continue to play him over Jokic. If it comes, you know, push comes to shove, I want both those guys. But if I can't, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take Kawhi Leonard at only $400 more. Where do you fall on that side of the coin? Exactly the same way, Kawhi's just Kawhi's, you know, one of the most consistent scorers and defensive players in the NBA and 10 is no problem for me for Kawhi. Um, I, I do prefer him over Jokic again, but I think, you know, you and I both know playing multiple lineups, you've got to mix and match a little bit. And if you can get both of them into one lineup or maybe maybe a Tatum on the other game, uh, which we'll get to, then, then that's worth a pop as well. So, um, yeah, Kawhi's just Kawhi's just getting it done everywhere blocking balls with one finger and just <laughs> crazy stuff out there, man. He's one of my favorite players to watch. 10-4, lock it in and do some pivoting around it. Absolutely. All right. And uh, I, Paul George, 8,400. Generally, uh, you know, you could play these guys easily. Uh, Paul George struggled in that last one mightily, though, after, you know, having two back-to-back good games. Uh, is he somebody that you're looking to bounce back or are you just going to take a, a fair pass on him? No, you, you've got to have him in some lineups, but uh, generally I'm probably going to be playing the high-low kind of lineups with a Kawhi in there and then ancillary guys around him. But yeah, for three, two, sorry, $2,000 less on DK salary, Paul George is going to be low-owned after that last one, no doubt about it. He only put up 19.25 DK points, but that, that is not Paul George. Paul George is a champion. Um, his minutes were way down at 26, and I expect them, you know, if this game stays close especially, to be back up towards 40. So um, 8,400 is definitely a fair price for him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm probably not going to be on him all that much. Um, I don't mind it, though. You know, that last game, foul trouble really plagued him. So that's kind of why you saw him really only play that, you know, 27-minute workload kind of game. But uh, I think it's kind of like you said, I'm going to prefer Kawhi Leonard over him. I don't care about the $2,000 difference. I get it. He's cheaper. You can make things work and all that. Um, but I just still prefer Kawhi over him so much more, even with the price uh, price difference. And I'll, I'll have shares that, um, you know, if I play 10 lineups, that's usually the number I'll throw out there just to make things easy for percentages. I'll probably have him about like 20% of them, uh, two of them. Yeah. That, that's what I'm thinking too. It's not not the go-to play on the slate by any by any means, but yeah, you, you do have to just think about you know Kawhi might have a forty-point game one night, and if that happens and you pay two grand more, then you've you've really got to make your money work elsewhere. So yeah, twenty percent of Paul George, absolutely, that's where I'm sitting as well. And I, you know, I'll get your thoughts on this, but for me, the only other two people I have any interest on are going to be the the two guys in the front court. It's going to be Zubac and it's going to be Marcus Morris. Uh, both these guys very similar price tags, 5K, 4,800. Uh, both been playing well throughout the entirety of, of the bubble and the playoffs, not even just in this series. Zubak touching on that 30-minute mark, which we never see. That gets me a little excited. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about these two guys? And I guess, is there somebody I'm missing? I mean, I just can't get on the on the Lou Williams, uh, Montrez Harrell, you know, bench unit mob train anymore. I, I'm just getting burned too much by these guys. Yeah, I tend to agree. I've I've been down the same track as you by the sounds of things. I've been playing a fair bit of Lou Williams, and he's just not getting there. So, fifty eight hundred for Lou's still too high, and you know he may have a great game, and that's fine. I'll let him beat me. But uh, as far as the two big guys go, oh, yeah, man, um, Zubak, he, he's playing well. He's he's basically putting up you know around that twenty five DK points, and it's pretty much exactly where he's priced. So I don't see a huge amount of upside. 
potentially against uh, Jokic really with Zubak, but uh, I'll play him. Yep, for sure. He's probably cash uh, only for me. Uh, Marcus Morris, yep. Uh, up and down, up and down, up and down. If you look at his <clears throat> last few games out, that's how it kind of goes. It goes, you know, mid-teen DK points up to over 20 DK points and then back down and then back up and then back down. So, hey, look, if you go with that law of averages, it's his time. He's going to get 25 and lock him in. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit of a uh, toss of the coin. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, uh, there's. Um, I usually I do that with the with the Spurs backcourt when they play. If I see Murray had the good game, well, it's got to be White's turn. Uh, <laughs> next yep. one, and it, you know what? It's probably worked for me more more often than not. Uh, I probably had a sure dumb luck with it, but I, those are two guys I could never get right. So I, I get where your where your head's at with this one. And hey, but well. Law of averages doesn't always hurt, and I think he's a rock solid play anyway. Ceilings, you know, not all that high. He can get you thirty to thirty-five, maybe, but you know, nice safe floor. And when you're talking about guys that you know have a decent ceiling, but also have a you know confident floor with their minutes and other things uh, at a fair price tag, there's not a ton of options on this slate. So um, I don't mind taking a look at those two guys. And I, I, are you off of uh, Beverly? Are you going to play Beverly? Uh, 3,800 played about you know 23 minutes in that last game. Could be seeing a few extra ones as getting them bumped up slightly every single game. So we might get to see you know 24 to 26. And would you pay 3,800 for him at that? Probably not. Look, two games. We got four teams to choose from here. We've got to do some mixing and matching in multiple lineups. So sure, slot Pat Bev in there in a few lineups and see what happens. But he's certainly not a focus for me. I'd probably. Oh man, at, at 3,600, I'd have more faith in Jermichael Green. He had a shocking game last one, but still, he, he's been outputting better DK points for for that salary um, points per dollar. So yeah, I'd probably look back at um, Jermichael rather than Pat Bev. I like that. Yeah, it's a good call. I'd probably do the exact same thing. I was looking at Jermichael as we were talking about this before, and I was like, yeah, I prefer him over Harold, and that's why I won't play Harold. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Let's keep uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, before we just jumped into the other game, quick shout out to Manscaped. Go check them out. Use that promo code Hoopball twenty to get twenty percent off plus free shipping, guys. If you are not taking advantage of it, uh, you are not treating uh, your body right because this is the best in men's grooming products. Check them out. Lawnmower three body washes, uh, every, everything you name it. Aftershaves, they got it all. Uh, but check them out. Use that promo code Hoopball twenty. All right, brother. We got the final game. It is the Boston Celtics going against Toronto Raptors. Game seven after what was one of the best basketball games I've watched in a while. And I feel like I've said that a few times in the bubble. Uh, so I don't, it's been a great bubble, man, overall. Great playoff so far. It really has. But that was the one, man. That was that was the best game of the season for me. Just just absolute bulldoggedness. And we are going to win at all costs from both teams. It was fantastic. Uh, and Marcus Smart getting chippy at the end, and it has all the oh, makings yeah. to build up to a great Game Seven. And uh, as far as injuries are concerned, the only thing that we need to keep an eye on, and it's just been going this way, it's Gordon Hayward's out. Uh, so I mean, I don't think we need to keep an eye on. It. I keep saying that he, you don't need to. He's ruled out. He's not coming back. Uh, so let's uh, let's start off with this Boston team. Uh, you touched on Jason Tatum off the top at ninety five hundred. Coming off of what was an absolutely phenomenal game, uh, a double overtime game where he almost triple doubled, uh, you know, put up a whopping 68 and a half DK points. So at 9,500, uh, I'll ask you the same question as before him or Jokic? Uh, I'm playing Jokic over Tatum. All right. I like it. I think I'm in the same boat. Um, you know, it's simply it, he did, he had a great game, but it took a couple overtimes. These guys are got to be tired after that game. 
uh, one would think that they're, you know, maybe have a one less tick in, in the en- old uh, energy meter. Uh, but, you know, we got to keep in mind, it's all Jason Tatum might, if anybody's not going to be affected by that, that double overtime, it's the kid that's young as hell uh, and can motor up and down the court. Uh, Jalen Brown, 8K, Kemba at 77, very similar price tags. Uh, do you prefer one over the other? I probably prefer Jalen just on recent output, but I think in this one we've got to just look at Kemba because there's going to be a lot of people playing the uh, Raptors guards, uh, and rightly so. Those two have been flying, but uh, ownership off the back of a 19.5 DK point outing may actually slip way down for Kemba. Might be a nice point of difference for your lineup. 7,700 versus 8,000 for Jalen. I mean, if, if I have to choose one, you choose Jalen, but I think just to maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, Mike, just uh, you know push yourself away from what other people may be doing in this slate. Kemba's worth a look. Uh, shots just weren't dropping in game six. As simple as that. He was two from 11 from the field and one from behind, one from six behind the, the three-point line. Before that, he scored 29, 15, and 21 actual points for 41, 31, and 38 DK points. So 7,700. That's right around the mark for Kemba. And if he hits a few more threes, then he's going to push value uh, higher again. I mean, I get the feeling you're going to say Jalen Brown for you, but I'd just like to look for that little bit of differential. No, and I think that's a great explanation. So, yeah, I'll never argue with a play. Uh, That's one thing I always say. As long as you give me a reason why you're doing it and what your thought process is and you have a reason, you're not just, you know, trying to go against the grain and be like, nah, I'm not playing him. I'm playing him instead, Uh, which works in ownership, you know, you know, standpoint, no matter what. But I always want to hear like a reason why, why you like someone. It could be for season long too. You could tell me that you like somebody I absolutely hate. You give me a good argument and a reason, <laughs> and you know, try to convince me. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I see why you why you think that way. Maybe I don't. Uh, but yeah, I do prefer Brown. But I love your explanation with Kemba uh, from an ownership standpoint. It makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, you know, struggling. I haven't been playing him just because I'm I'm in fear that he like needs his knee drained or something. Something's not right with his knee. He hasn't talked about it in about a week, week and a half. But uh, he mentioned it early on in the series that he was getting a little bit of a sore knee uh, after games. It wasn't bad. He was able to he's able to play through it. He's fine. All this, this and that. But you know, I don't I don't like to hear that a guy's not 100 percent when you have other options on this team that are and that are fully capable of putting up just as good of performances. So. I tend to agree. Are you seeing that on the court from Kemba, though? Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say like I'm sitting here seeing it because I don't see him like wincing. I don't know, you know, if it's necessarily struggling and making him uh, or hurting his performance. I, you know, I, he hasn't been that aggressive. Uh, you know, he's had two games out of his last three where he's taken 11 shot attempts or less. 11 shot attempts in a game that goes 52 minutes um, is a little worrisome. Maybe he was just struggling and deferring at that point, which completely understand you know no worries if that's the case uh but then in 41 minutes you know game prior to that one two games prior to that when he only took nine shot attempts mm-hmm. so um you know maybe he's not attacking as much I, I don't i don't know exactly what it is he's still been getting to the he didn't get to the free throw line in the last one but he's been still getting to the free throw line at a, at a decent clip uh so i i can't really necessarily put my hand on it maybe i'm wrong uh, maybe he's perfectly healthy and i'm just speaking something into existence that's not even true <laughs> uh but it, it you know I can't help but to think about it, uh, I, and it, it still lingers right there for me. So I'm going to stick to my conviction that that knee is messed up in some way, shape, or form, whether it's bad or just you know something that's going to be fine after he takes a rest for like a week or two. But uh, I think I just oh, continue okay. to play Jalen Brown. I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. just 
I love Jalen Brown too. The way he's been playing, he looks excellent. I don't know if even when OG hit that shot, um, he almost closed out on it from across the court. Uh, so you know this this dude's in the zone right now and he's playing great. So I think it's going to be Tatum Brown for me. Uh, I'm not touching anybody in the front court between you know Tice and and you know Robert Williams. Uh, I just don't see the tremendous upside in it. You know Tice at 5600. I think I prefer Zubak for 600 less. Uh, you know Tice has hit that 30 point mark a few times. Took him 47 minutes in that last one to get there. So I, I can't really get on board with him. Um, no, t- how about t- you? No agree. Yeah, for $600 less when you can get a, a Vika for that. Um, I'm taking that play every time. Yep. I think the only other guy really is is smart. Uh, 6800 is you know fair price tag for what this kid's been doing. He's been absolutely balling out uh, that last one in the triple-double. Uh, but 6800 it's it's a tough pill to swallow. And coming off of a big performance kind of just has me – you know, wanting to let somebody else take the shots at him because, you know, if he gives you that 28 to 30, you're, you're not doing too much with it. If he was at 6K, I'd take him every oh, 6,800 yeah. starting to push it. I mean, yeah, that's a huge game from him. It took him 49 minutes and two overtimes to do it, but 58 points. The thing there is people will chase it. People will chase that sixty, nearly 60-point 60 outing, and they're probably just not going to get it back from from Marcus. And love him, love the, the Terrier type of player that he is. But if you look at the previous ones, it's 26, 27, and 31. And 6,800 is just too much for a guy who usually outs, outputs those DK points. Um, the only other guy I'll throw in the mix here, and it's the long shot, but uh, from anyone getting kind of points off the, uh, sorry, minutes off the bench here for the Celtics, Brad Wanamaker. He is getting minutes. He's not doing a great amount of, uh, with it, but at 3,300, if you really need to d- uh, dig deep into the barrel, then I'd probably rather him than uh, either Robert Williams or Grant Williams or Chemi Jalay or anybody else off the bench. You know, his last three minutes, uh, last three games have been 13 minutes, 28 minutes, 18 minutes. So if you need a flyer, if you need a GPP punt and you need to get a couple of high salary guys in there, I'm probably looking at Wanamaker more than anybody else. All right, brother. Let's uh, slide over to Toronto. Let's. Kyle Lowry, nice little price boost. $400 more than he was the past few games, 8600 Is that too expensive for Mr. Lowry? Oh, it's not really too expensive. I mean, he's been he's been putting out big DK points in this series. He had a minor faltering game five, fine, but generally, you know, Kyle Lowry playing forty plus minutes and mid forties, and then fifty three in the double overtime. You know, he he should get to that salary every night, really. So I got no problems playing Kyle. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to keep going back to these guards, man. I'm not bailing off of them, uh, I, you know, especially now that we're seeing Jamal Murray come in at a little bit of even a cheaper price tag than, uh, than Kyle Lowry. It might deter people away. That price boost might deter people away. It will not for me. Uh, no. You hit the nail on the head. He's been playing great every single game uh, in this series. He's pretty much paid that price tag off outside of that one. Uh, I'm fully invested. Um you know, it's going to be tough if you're trying to play two of the studs and then getting Kyle Lowry. You're going to really have to start to get some plays that you don't feel as comfortable with. Uh, so mix and match. Make sure you you do feel comfortable with it. And, you know, you might have to cut a stud out if you want to go a little bit more fair. Um, Van Vliet at 7900 I think that's still a, an excellent price tag for him. Uh, I'll probably end up on more Van Vliet than I will Lowry just for that price difference. I think they both have great upside. And Van Vliet gives me that shooting guard eligibility as well. So I, I have a feeling uh, when it's all said and done, I will have more Van Vliet than Lowry, but I, I love both these guys. I think they're both excellent plays, and I will continue to go nowhere near Pascal Siakam. 
Oh, totally the same. Yep. Pascal looks out of sorts. He's not getting what he wants in this series. The the, the Celtics are all, all over him or just have him worked out defensively in this one. So I'll pass on Pascal. And yeah, again, Lowry, Van Vliet, prices are fine. You can play either of them. You can probably play both of them. Um, uh, what about uh, who else is in this lineup, Mike? What about OG? He's priced at 5,900 now. Um, uh, maybe just a solid cash play or just a solid floor kind of guy to build around? What What do you think with OG? I think he's a good cash play. I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, we could see that a lot of his points come directly correlated to those games where he's getting large rebounds, and that's when he hits like those 30-point games. Uh, this is a game where, like I just said, everybody might be exhausted. My people might be coming up short on the rim. Uh, that's what happens when you're fatigued. There's a lot of times the jump shooters, you, you're short on your shots, bottom line, uh, creating more opportunities for rebounds. So I, I don't mind looking at a guy like uh, like OG. It's not going to be like a primary build, but you know, depending on what you're looking at as far as construction and maybe you're not, you just want to get some exposure to this game, not a bad option whatsoever. Um Probably prefer Norm Powell at 4,400. I don't expect him to come out here and play a boatload of minutes again and necessarily light the world on fire like he just did. But they've done it plenty of times. In a, when they need points and they're chasing points, they play Norman Powell. They need scoring. He's the guy that they go to. And I just like that having that that scoring upside as opposed to, you know, banking on a guy getting double-digit rebounds and a few steals and a block, um, a lot of the more unpredictable stats. Yeah, cool, and it saves you. If you if you went away from OG to to Norm, it saves you fifteen hundred dollars. So it's a good call, Mark. I really like it. I wouldn't have touched Norm Power before Game Five of this series, but minutes have been back up there. Um, he he looks more aggressive. He you know he got a lot of close ups of Storm and Norman, you know, talking to himself and and <laughs> mean mugging and that kind of thing during Game Six. So he just looks a little bit more himself, and potentially the uh, Nick Nurse is going to go back to him uh, here again. I, I hope he does. Because, like you said, that upside is there. OG is going to be probably high owned too. So, um, when you're building these lineups and you're trying to get the two studs, and like you mentioned, maybe a Freddie or a, a Kyle in there, then you start dropping back into this salary, and the uh, the options become really limited. And OG's constant nice floor will will draw people in. So maybe the play in a GPP um, situation to norm is, is a good one. How how about Surge here? The, the Surge of Barker minutes have been, I don't know, they're not high. They're 21 only in that double overtime. So are you playing any of Barker? I got him. I got. I wonder what his ankle looks like because he was coming in in a walking boot. Uh, he hurt his ankle. Uh, questionable to play in that last one. So I wasn't shocked that he didn't go out and play big minutes. For him to even play 21 kind of, you know, shocks me. Uh, I was expecting him just to, you know, be like in break glass in case of emergency. and We were going to see some Gasol action. Uh, once he got ruled in, um, you know, I hopped off that Gasol bandwagon. I'm never going to hop back on that for, for quite some time. Um, I don't think I'm playing a Baca at 54. I love the matchup. I love that price tag for him. But I'm still worried about that ankle. Uh, you know, if we see reports that he's feeling much better, be tested in warm-ups, whatever it is, uh, you know, sure, we, we can look at it. I mean, he's not listed on the injury report, so he's playing. Um, they're not even, like, treating it like a thing anymore. He's not probable with his ankle injury. So, uh, you know, is it really fully, you know, good, though? It, it, I doubt it's fully good. It's good enough to play on, clearly. Uh, but is it enough to give him 30 minutes in a Game 7? This is a crunch time game. If, if he's able to play it, he will. If he's not, it's going to be a bad play. Uh, GPP is only for me. I don't think I'm going to trust him in cash games on the ankle. 
yeah, I tend to agree. He's come, coming down. I mean, he still gets rebounds, of course, at Sergio Barker. He's a big guy, but um, the upside seems to be there when he's hitting threes. So uh, GPP only, I think. Uh, and, yeah, I think the, the play is probably Norm. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, man. We got the backcourt and some Storm and Norman. <laughs> very, uh, very nice. All right, brother. I think that's that's pretty much it. Nice little 30-minute pod. Uh, not too bad. Nice little quick hitter one. Uh, if... If you guys have a quick moment, as always, we would love uh, to hear back from you guys. A nice little rate and review, five stars, thumbs up, uh, whatever it may be, and whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it's you know iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, uh, wherever you're listening, we really do appreciate that, guys. It means a lot to us. allows us to keep everything in, uh, in front of the paywall uh, and you know be able to provide this content for free because it lets our sponsors know that we're doing a good job. Uh, and then if you want to give us a follow, you can find me uh, at Mike Apatra, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And then Bretton's going to let, let you guys know where you can find him as well. Yep, so on Twitter, you can find me and give me a follow at Terrain72. So that's T-E-R-R-A-I-N-7-2, Terrain72. See, I knew that's what it was too, and I was going to say it for you, but I, I didn't know if it was A-I-N or E-I-N, and I was like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I was going to say the wrong one. And you know what? I, 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 I should have trusted it. I knew it. That's what it was. But uh, that's all. That's all we have for you guys. As always, guys, thank you for listening to us over here at Hoopball. This has been a wonderful show of DFS today, my good buddy Bratton. We will be back tomorrow. It will be Steve and Santino on crushing it, uh, breaking down on Friday night that Saturday day game slate, uh, and that's it. That's it, Bratton. You want to give us a give us close, man? I, I that was a bad close, Bratton. Close us out. <laughs> You're throwing to me for the close. Wow. Okay. Uh, Hootball Fantasy, uh, DFS today, Micah Potria and Brenton Eckersley. We are out of here. So much better. <laughs>